Hi, this is Ashley, and this is School in Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I wanted to talk about the power of mentorship. I have had many mentors over the course of my life, mentors that I've invested money in to have and build meaningful relationships mentors who I've just found along my journey in different industries. Some mentors have shared my identity, both as a woman and as a Black person. And I've had mentors who share very different identities than my own. But one of the greatest pieces of um, advice and strategy that I received from a mentor and one that I wanted to share with you all today on the podcast is that the biggest and most impactful decisions about your career will happen when you're not in the room. The biggest opportunities, the biggest yeses, some of the biggest no's, right, will happen when you're not in the room. Other people may be deciding. Other people may be making a decision based on your impact, based on your reputation, based on work that precedes you. And that's why it's so important to build and manage your reputation. While you don't own it, you can build it and you can manage it and you can wield it for your benefit. And so I invite you to do that. I invite you to be thoughtful about your reputation. I invite you to be thoughtful about the decisions that you make in your career. I invite you to be thoughtful about the inaction that you might be taking in your career right now. And I invite you to really lean into a spirit of taking meaningful action to have mentors be a part of your life and to leverage your relationship with mentors to make sure that when you're not in the room and those big decisions are happening, that they're not happening without your influence, right? Because while you might not be in the room, your influence is in the room, your impact is in the room, your record is in the room. Um, The things that you said about yourself is in the room, the things that your supporters have said about you are in those rooms as well. And it makes it easier to get an easy yes. It makes it easier to get a win when you know that you've done the work and your positive reputation precedes you. So get in the rooms, whether it means, you know, paying to be in the room, whether it means, you know, building and cultivating a relationship to be, you know, in the room, you, you want to be in the rooms that you can get yourself in so that when you're not able to be in a room and a decision is happening about your career, there's someone in the room who can vouch for you. There's someone in the room who can advocate for you because it's been the course of my, it's been true for my career that some of the biggest decisions about it has happened when I'm not in the room. And I'm grateful that my reputation precedes me, but in a positive way. And next up is I digress. And this week I wanted um, to talk about reputation and reputation building from the framework of public speaking. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the power of voice and using yours to position yourself as a public speaker in your area of expertise. Listen as I talk about my most impactful public speaking engagements, how I prep for public speaking talks, and why it's important to use your voice at every level. So 
I can't remember my very first like public speaking engagement, but I feel like I've been an ambassador, a speaker, you know, one who advocates for people in public spaces for as long as I can remember. I'm pretty sure that I was our eighth grade. I sung like the Star Spangled Banner or something at our eighth grade graduation. And, you know, ever since then, I've been a champion for the people. if you will. And I love to speak or sing, I guess in that case it was singing, but um, I love to speak on behalf of a group that I'm working with. I like to advocate. I like to raise my hand and volunteer. And I like to use my voice to move things forward. I think that often, right, lots of people have ideas, lots of people have suggestions, lots of people have, you know, complaints even that they want to lobby, but it really is few and far between who want to take that active leadership role and really lead a group of people or, you know, you know, speak for the people and get things done. And I have always been that person. I definitely can be a mouthpiece, right, for advocating for causes and, You know, I think that some of the most impactful speaking engagements I've ever had have actually me has actually been me interviewing other people and allowing them to speak. I really love serving as like an anchor or or a interviewer. Right. And really. Um, inviting other people to tell their stories and speak and asking really good questions um, to, you know, elicit, you know, a response from the audience or some engagement from the audience. So I really do love the times when I've had the opportunity to serve as like um, a moderator for time. I think one of the most impactful I did was with a former um, police officer. She's a black woman who was a former police officer and she was assaulted, sexually assaulted by a fellow officer. And I got a talk with her at an institution that I worked at at my institution and, you know, just sort of share her story with the audience through an interview style, a moderated talk. And it was really impactful. I really appreciated, you know, hearing from her, you know, just listening to her story, you know, and being in the room with her, but I also really felt like the audience benefited from the questions I asked, the way that I asked questions, the way that I engaged them in the talk. And it was really impactful because I think that so often women, Black women in particular, don't have the opportunity to tell their story. And if they do, it's sort of maybe in a male gaze or a white gaze. Um, And in this case, it was a Black woman, me as a Black woman, interviewing and hosting the story of another Black woman. And I think that that often is rare. You know, honestly, we just don't have the opportunity for that as much as uh, we may need to. And so I thought it was just really impactful opportunity to um, be able to help facilitate her telling her story um, to that audience. I also really enjoy talking to new professionals or budding professionals in any industry that I've worked in. I've had the opportunity to work in corporate, nonprofit, and educational leadership across the course of my career. And I have a lot of expertise in each of those industries. And I'd like to talk to budding professionals, so maybe professionals who are in school and are, you know, about to graduate um, and go into those professions or professionals who are like new, right? So new professionals, because I there's just so much that like, I wish I would have known, or I wish, you know, someone would have told me um, about the profession, about the industry, about what's required to be successful in the industry. There's just so much that I quote unquote, wish I would have known. And so I try to impart some of that 
knowledge, things I know now that I wish I would have known, advice that I know I have now that I wish I would have had, strategies that I have now, um, success strategies, right, that I have now that I wish I would have had. I just really work to, I really work to employ I guess all of those, all of those opportunities. I love to to talk to those kind of audiences because I just think that they get so much out of it um, and they're committed to applying the strategies. It's not like one of those things where, you know, you're talking to a group of seasoned people and they're just like, oh, whatever, I already know how to do this. You know, it's kind of going over their head, but I really love talking to people who are like, you know, budding in their industry or new because I think it, it really sticks and then they really apply the strategies on an ongoing basis. So that's something that I really enjoy. And I think that, you know, I think because I do a lot of public speaking, obviously I have a podcast, I public speak here, even though, you know, when I record the podcast, I'm, you know, talking to a screen, I'm not really, you know, talking to anyone in particular when I record, but then I know I have thousands of listeners, right, all over the world, you all listening and engaging, you know, means so much to me. And so it's different, like public speaking, you know, in a podcast is really different than having an audience like that's actually virtually interacting in Zoom and then, which is really, really different, right? Than having an audience that you're sitting across from live. And so I like to prep for my talks by like having my slides or whatever I'm going to present, having it done well ahead of time. And I don't like to change that last minute or even work on it last minute. I like to have that done like well, well in advance. And I like to like practice some key takeaways that I really want the audience to hone in on, you know, more like just in time. So I'd like to like have my presentation outlined, know what I want to talk about, know what I want to say. And then I really try to just make sure that there are some things that I know I want the audience to to, to run away with, that I, I want them to implement immediately, things that I really want to drive home with impact. And so I try to practice those right ahead of my talk. One, to calm down my nerves and just say, like, you know what you're doing, you have something to say you know, even if you don't remember every line and every PowerPoint, these are the three things you want this audience to take away. These are the two things that you know are going to drive impact in their lives, even after they leave this talk. If they, you know, if you say these things, it's going to drive impact and it's going to mean that they have heard something that's meaningful. So I try to practice those right before I talk. And I think that that calms my nerves and, and makes it like tangible that like people are going to get something out of this. You know, you're not a fraud. You're not making stuff up. Like people are going to get something out of this and this really helps. And I think that, you know, typically like if I were giving advice to someone who was new and speaking, like practice what you're going to say and practice in the mirror and practice with other people. But I really like to build up an internal dialogue. Like I personally like to build up a pretty intense internal dialogue and like know what I'm going to say to myself and like repeat it to myself and, and, you know, have a way of saying it, thinking about my own voice inflection, my own energy. You know, a lot of people would say, those are the kinds of things I really like to do because I think sometimes if you practice it with other people, then they're like, oh, well, you should tweak this and you should change this. And why did you say this like this? And it starts to shake your confidence. So I like to have like a really good internal monologue. And that doesn't mean that I don't ever practice with other people or share my expertise with other people to get feedback, but I definitely like to have some grounded foundational things in my spirit and what I want to say before I engage anybody else. And then, you know, whether you are a seasoned public speaker or you're just now thinking about it, I do want to encourage you to, I do want to encourage you to leverage your voice, right? Like your voice is powerful. What you have to say, someone is looking for, and there's nothing more powerful than, there's nothing more powerful than leveraging your own story to, helps free someone else, right? Like one of the 
common topics that I talk about in my public speaking is the power of storytelling and how I use public storytelling to build connections, to drive impactful change, and to basically write my way out of challenges or problems. And so I definitely invite you to do the same, right? Like, are there, are there, places where you feel stuck? Are there places where you you don't feel like you're able to drive change? Start talking about them publicly. Maybe it's in an Instagram live series, or maybe it is a paid public speaking engagement, or maybe it's in a staff meeting where you just have to speak up and say something. But there's so much power in speaking up. There's so much power in advocacy. There's so much power in using your voice to to help free someone else. And obviously, and honestly, in that freeing someone else, right, you may refree yourself. Like sometimes you have to remind yourself of that you're smart, that you're capable, that you have value. Sometimes I think we can get stuck in a, like, I don't have anything to offer. There's nothing, you know, we kind of get stuck in some of that energy. So I just definitely encourage you to just like recommit to using your voice to drive impactful change. And that can be in your community. That can be in your work. That can be in, you know, in public, right? Like in public spaces with public companies or, you know, you know, in, in your community more over, but I just think that there's so much power in using your voice and becoming a public speaker and advocate for what you believe in, because there is value in your voice. What you say, what you have to say matters, you know, and no one can say it like you, no one can can say it like you, they can't say it as impassionedly as you do. They don't have the level of expertise that you have. You know, no one can say or tell your story like you can. And your story is powerful. It's going to benefit someone. So don't hoard it, right? Like release it so it can it can serve in the ways that it's meant to serve. And I digress. And last but not least this week is TVT. And this week I wanted to talk about, you know, I spoke about this earlier, this idea of like having an internal monologue and just knowing what you're good at, because if you don't know what you're good at, other people's voices and feedback can really shake you. And in a show that we've talked about before on the podcast, New Amsterdam, Dr. Fromm is serving as a proctor, I guess you will, or a, a trainer for new therapists. And he is, you know, teaching them how to be therapists and what to say and how to engage with clients and be supportive. And he is in this, you know, show being so critical. Like every time they open their mouth, every time they say anything, every time, you know, they try to help a patient, it's like, no, that's not right. Oh, why would you say that? No, this isn't good. You need to do it this way. You need to do it that way, right? Like he's providing a ton of feedback, which feedback can be really helpful and course correcting, especially when you're like a trainee can be really helpful. And if all the feedback is critical, if nothing, none of it is positive, if none of it's like saying you did a good job or you're moving in the right direction, it can be really demoralizing and really defeating to constantly get poor feedback. It really can. So in watching the show, his like admin or administrative assistant basically tells him like, Hey, you know, he's like, these students don't want to learn. They don't want to accept critical feedback. Like I'm trying to help them. And she like basically says to him, but like, are you helping them if all of your feedback is critical, if they're not even in the room anymore? And actually all of the residents like walked out. So she's like, if they're not even in the room anymore, if they're, they can't, don't even want to be here because you're so critical because you have nothing positive to say about their work or their approach, then are you really doing any good, right? Like, are you driving change? Are you having any positive impact? If the students aren't even in the room anymore to hear from you because you're so critical and they're so overwhelmed by not getting any positive information, uh, uh, affirmations or engagement with 
how you're speaking with to them. And so, yeah, that really, that really struck me. Yeah, it really struck me. And I just wanted to bring it here because like we talked about that internal monologue is so important and we have to be careful because we don't want to have an internal monologue that's so loud and so prominent that we can't hear from other people that, you know, we can't intake advice, but you have to know your value. You have to know what you're good at. You have to know what level of expertise you have, because otherwise people can throw you completely off your square and have you believing that you add no value because they can't see the value you add. And that's the case of what happened in New Amsterdam. So I definitely encourage you to check out the episode. It's the latest episode, maybe episode two or three of the current season. It's really good. And I love the character, Dr. Fromm. I mean, he's complicated in his own right, plus he's a therapist. So you get a lot of good stuff there. But I definitely encourage you to check that out and really just think about who you're letting speak to you, what feedback you might be getting, you know, critical or not. And just make sure that you're not letting people talk you out of your own internal monologue of the good things that you do and that you you have some foundational truths of the great work that you do for yourself so that you're not completely thrown off when someone gives you feedback that might be contradictory to what you know is true about your capabilities. And that wraps up this week's episode of School and Life. Thanks so much for listening. Um, as a reminder, we'd love for you to follow us on social. This is where we post episode notes, links to how to listen to the episode. And you're always welcome to email in questions or topics to hello at school and life pod. That's H-E-L-L-O at schoolandlifepod.com. We'd love to take your episode questions um, or topics and, and suggestions. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, we're excited uh, to be able to engage you in that dialogue. So make sure you stay connected with us. Thanks so much for um, listening and we'll talk to you next week. School's out. Class dismissed.